a message from our sponsor, Ingram Barge Company. Calling all pilots in the Gulf region. Ingram Barge Company is offering a $5,000 sign-on bonus for pilots interested in living board positions. We offer a variety of schedules including 28 and 14, 20 and 10, and 21 and 21. Applicants must have a Master of Towing Vessels license with Inland and Western Rivers endorsements. Ingram offers a competitive benefits package and 401k with company match. Apply today at www.ingrambarge.com. Welcome back to Between the Levees. I am joined for this episode by Captain Billy Watkins. He is a friend to Captain Mike Beaver Burkhart, an old friend to Captain Coy Lawrence, and father-in-law to one of Ingram's newest pilots, Roman Kale. Captain Billy, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, thank you for asking me to join you. Thank you. If you've seen these before, I think you said you did watch Beaver's episode. Uh, it all starts where it started. So tell me, sir, where were you born? Okay, I was born in a small town here in western Kentucky, Trick County, as a matter of fact. And that's, I think, where Beaver was from here. So we all kind of knew each other and grew up. You know, he was several years older than me. But, yes, here in a small town, Trick County. Did you have siblings growing up? Yes, I've got... Uh, an older sister, I got three sisters and a brother, an older sister and two younger and a younger brother, five of us. What did your parents do for a living? Well, my father passed away when I was young at nine and my mother raised us all by herself. So we had a kind of a tough life coming up. You know, my mother trying to raise five kids by herself at one time. So kind of had a hard life like that. But other than that, you know, like I said, my father passed away when I was nine and my mother raised us by herself. What did she do for work uh she done just odd and end jobs you know she was waitressing and stuff and just different things like that just whatever it took you know we, of course my father passed away when he was in he was in the navy so we ended up drawing a check from the government you know to help pay our bills and stuff like that but you know that's how we survived with that what my mom does waitressing and stuff like that how uh how quickly did you go to work how old were you when you started working oh well I was very young. I was probably 12, 13, 14 years old, and I started helping out around uh, uh, farmers around there, and there was a logger, and I helped him in the log woods and drag logs out and help him. He had a sawmill, and I helped him do that in summer, and then in weekends, I helped him to help my mom help pay bills, so i done a lot of that when I was young, and picking up hay, cutting tobacco, and as a matter of fact, cutting tobacco is kind of what helped me start getting to the river industry. I was helping a guy by the name of Husky Hunter. He was a big tobacco farmer and I helped him a lot. And he realized I was a pretty good worker. So he ever asked me if I ever thought about going to the river when I got out of high school. And uh, I said, well, I knew some people that worked on the river back years ago. And you thought, well, man, they were really rich people because they had cars, you know, and they were nice clothes and done whatever they wanted to. So back 30 something years ago, you know, we thought that was the ultimate job because these guys, pretty much had what you wanted, you know? So I said, well, I might consider it. And uh, he knew uh, Leonard Wallington, who it was. And he was the, uh, I guess, the VP of Mid-South Towing back then, you know? And uh, he uh, told him about me and he told me to come up there. And back years ago, you had to go actually to the job interview, you know, anymore. You can do it on the internet. But I went to there and done a job interview with him. My mom took me up there, of course, had to squeeze in between her time and uh, I done a job interview. We didn't have a telephone in my house back 
being, you know, with her trying to raise us, we didn't have a phone. So I gave them uh, my uncle's phone number to call me if the interview. And uh, of course, my uncle lived several towns away from us. It wasn't nothing he could come. And uh, I got the job actually, but I didn't know it. My uncle never told me until two months later. And back then, that somebody had to die or retire to get a job at Mid-South because it was such a premier job. And uh, finally, when he got the message to me, oh, yeah, they called and they said, hey, you got a job. You want to come to it? Well, when I finally called them, like, well, we didn't replace somebody. We replaced it because it didn't figure you was interested. So I lost that opportunity when I was 17, when I got out of high school. And then uh, I'm with my wife now that we was high school sweethearts. And uh, we've been together for 35 years. So after we got out of school, we had our first child, and uh, he is on the river now, my oldest son, and hopefully be a pilot here next month or two, be turned loose. But uh, we had him, and uh, probably, I don't know, about a year after we had him, I said, well, I got to have insurance for the family, you know, so I decided to call Mid-South again, and I went to up there and got another job. Of course, by then, I done got married, me and my wife, and we had a phone, so I got the job and I started it when I was 20 years old out there and I got the job and thank the Lord that I did because when I did, like I said, we just had our son and he was a year old. And then after I got the job with Mid-South in April, we found out in December that year that he had leukemia. So I was so thankful that I got the job because we needed the insurance for that. And then, of course, me being 20, my wife 18, we went through all that deal with him of going to Vanderbilt and doing treatments with him and stuff. So it was just sort of like, I guess, a blessing from that I got the job when I did. Cause like I said, I missed out the first time cause I never got the phone call on time. But back then, you know, it's one of them that you better take the opportunity when you can if you wanted to. And I, it's been a blessing to me ever since having the job on the river. Were you drawn to anything in school growing up and was college ever even a consideration? Uh, no, sir. College wasn't a consideration. Cause like I said, I kind of grew up from a poor family and I knew that, I felt myself, I'm just a dumb country boy. I wasn't smart enough to do no uh, college, so it never crossed my mind. It it never did. I just didn't have no, I don't know, desire to even think about college, you know, when I was growing up. But then I knew several people that worked on the river, and it was kind of one of the options, you know, that I had that I thought about doing. But no, college was never in my agenda. Like I said, I've been in the river industry, 33, going on 34 years as of this month. As a matter of fact, I caught it on Easter Sunday. Uh, what was it like getting uh, that first job? You're 20 years old with a kid uh, with leukemia, you said. And uh, what kind of hitch were you working? What was it like stepping on a boat for the first time? Uh, it was terrifying to an extent because you didn't know the 28, 28, first time I've ever been away from my family or any this small town or anything like that, but it was exciting all in the same thing, you know, and I was ready to get out there and do, do what I had to do to keep this job. And it was really super good money at the time, you know, so I got out there and I just all gung ho for it. You know, the first trip was a little long, been away from the family for 28 days, but uh, the more I done it, the more money I made, the more I wanted to stay out there and ride, you know, and, keep it up and then like I said the insurance was the main thing driving me to stay out there was that back years ago it was you couldn't leave a job and go to another job with insurance because you considered had a pre-existing illness so that was the main thing that kept me with Mid-South was that I had to have it for my son you know
So you couldn't just go to another job before they passed a bill, you know, the, uh, the government, you know, you had, you couldn't go somewhere with a pre-existing illness. So that kept me there. And that was my main driving force was my insurance for my kids, my family. Uh, is your son your only child? No, sir. I've got four kids. I've got two sons and two daughters. Okay. We'll get to that a little bit later. Okay. Uh, tell, tell me about, uh, I guess, deckhand onboarding and, and how your first eight days went. All right. Well, yeah, my first day's decking, you know, it wasn't bad. I mean, you had to learn to uh, get with the routine of working six hours and off six hours. And I was always being one that never, I never slept a lot. I'm pretty wired up and I, you know, so it never bothered me. A lot of people, it did that going to bed six hours, what you got off, you know, you'd have to unwind a little bit, you know, what you took a shower, you was all nasty and dirty. And then you go eat, uh, it never really bothered me. A lot of people I can see it bothers, you know, oh man, I didn't get enough sleep. It never did me because two or three hours of sleep is all I've ever really been used to. And I, I adapted well to it. I really did. I mean, it wasn't that bad. And then the more I've done it, the easier it got on me, you know, and I'm willing to learn. And I was, and like I said, I worked with Captain Corey. He was uh, a first mate at the time, you know, and I worked with Corey Lawrence for a while and uh, it wasn't bad at all. I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I it just, it's something I fell into. And I guess I was the first of my family to ever go on the river. And it's just something that, I mean, I just took to pretty natural, you know, the work and the time and six on and six off. It wasn't that bad adapting to it, to me. What was the hardest part of uh, working out on deck? Uh, hardest part working on deck. Uh, well, at first it was just trying to understand everything, you know, but after that, it wasn't nothing really hard about the deck work itself. The labor wasn't hard. I was a small person, you know, 160 pounds when I started and the wires were heavy, you know, and stuff like that, learning how to do all that. And years ago, it was one of them things that the captains made the call on the boat, whether you stayed there or not. So I tried to do my best to, Hey, show, make a good show and stuff. And of course, my first trip learning everything. I think I lost two fingernails and I about lost a chin where I broke a, a pipe, hit me under the chin and stuff. But then we're just learning curves, you know, how to do the job, you know, out there and learning tight ratchets and doing stuff like that. But other than that, the job itself wasn't that hard physically because I always worked when I was younger, you know, picking up hay, tobacco and stuff like that. And that's hard work in itself. So the physical labor wasn't bad at all. Just being away from home the first two or three months getting used to it. But after I got used to it, it all fell together. And I mean, I've not looked back since. How long did it take your, uh, your wife and son to get used to you being gone a month at a time? Uh, well, at first, you know, the kids were little, uh, didn't want me to go, but after they got to seeing the, the benefits of that, you know, that they could get things and stuff like that, they kind of got more used to it. My wife, it's difficult for women, for us tow boaters. I mean, but she's, she adapted to it. Well, she was saying with me, she understood we had to have it for the insurance. She made her sacrifices, but like I said, she's, uh, it's, they're a different breed of women. You know, they have to learn to, Hey, I've got my life. You got yours. And we're together. We make a life, you know, and that's just the way it's been for 33, 34 years for us. And like I said, uh, to any wife, that's a wife of a tow boater. It's a different life. And, I, they just different. I mean, the way they have to learn to live, they have to raise family while they're gone. And then when you're home, learn to put you in with their family, you know? So it's, 
it's different, but I mean, we adapted well because we understood the whole main thing. We needed the insurance for our son. Walk me through the, I guess you're, you said 21 years with Mid-South. How, how was your career track with them? Oh, uh, yeah, I started out decking. And uh, like I said, back years ago at Mid-South was the premier job of the river. And uh, somebody had to either retire or pass away before you got an opening. Well, I got out there and I worked real hard, like I was saying. And Captain Henry Kelly was the captain I worked with. And uh, within about a year and a half, he promoted me to a second mate. And uh, I guess that was, you know, a lot of deckhands over there was three and four-year deckhands. You know, they knew a lot. But I worked him, like I said, and I really worked hard. And he took a liking to me. And uh, he promoted me to a second mate. Well, Captain Leonard Wallington was the uh, port captain, as you want to call it. He come down to boat for one day. And I remember. And uh, I was downstairs. And he went up there to talk to him. They called me up. Captain Henry said, hey, Billy, come up here and he'd talk to you. And I went upstairs. And him and Leonard was having a conversation and uh, he said, how long have you been here? And I said, about a year and a half, Captain. He goes, well, I thought you'd been here longer than that. And Leonard said, well, that's what I've been getting. He then got a bunch of phone calls because I hadn't been there but a year and a half and several of deckhands had been there three years, four years. And he had promoted me in front of them. And Captain Leonard was telling Captain Henry, he said, you know, these guys not very happy about all this. He goes, well, I don't care. I won't believe my mate. He's done a great job and all this and Leonard said well you know what they're gonna say and he goes well this is still my boat ain't it and he goes yes sir it is he said well you tell them come on over here if they want to I'll fire every one of them and I thought oh my goodness you know this man's taking up for me and he goes well you can't do it he goes I'm still captain and he goes yes you are he goes well then you tell them if they want to come over here then I'm gonna fire every one of them and that's how I got to stay in the mate so he said well I'll just leave him there then I'll have to deal with everybody complaining you know so about a year and a half I got moved to a second mate and I worked under Captain Henry Kelly for about three years and then uh another captain that i worked with i tripped a lot when i was home on 28 days if you had the option if you wanted to go back if somebody was shorthanded or needed off you can go back so i rode a lot you know trying to pay my bills and stuff because we having to take my son back and forth to vanderbilt three times a week you know so i had to help pay for that so i rode over quite a bit extra and uh i moved up to a first mate and got moved to a different boat and rode over there. And I think I was there probably three, three, four years. And then that's when I got the opportunity to go to the wheelhouse and train. So that's when I went there and I started training for about a year and three months. And they turned me loose on 35 barges from Metropolis, Illinois, down to Devant, Louisiana. So I, it was a tough time doing that. I told my wife I had to work as much as I could. Because at the time when I got moved up, I was riding. I had to ride two days in order to get one day paid off. Or I was getting, or if I rode 28 days, I would get 28 days paid off. But in my situation, when they set me up, I only I had to ride two days in order to get one day off pay. So if I rode 30 days, I only got 15 days off, you know. And back then, the boats were, you had you couldn't get on until you got to a certain point. You know, when you got up the river to post to Metropolis or Memphis. So it wasn't like now in anywhere you want to get on and off at. You know, back then they just you had to make it to point A to point B, so they let you get on off the boat because it wasn't on this traveling wherever you wanted to go and get on, you know. So that was what started it and then I got turned loose and I've been going ever since and I've done my best to help train people along the way that needed it because I felt that I've got the opportunity to get trained. So 
I've been trying to give back to the industry myself and I have trained several people, you know, and just like my son-in-law Roman, I've trained him and all that. Where were you running on uh, all those years on deck? Oh, I just ran the lower Mississippi. I ran from Metropolis, Illinois, down the lower Mississippi, to New Orleans, to the van. That's been my main run ever since I started decking. I ran the lower Mississippi and stuff. Yes. And that's when I first made, when I started to turn loose to get in the wheelhouse. I mean, I've run the other rivers since then, but the lower is what I was trained on from decking until I learned the lower river as a steersman and pilot now, and captain. But I have run other rivers since I got, got turned loose. You know, I've run, run others. But during my training and all that, that's where I mainly run was lower Mississippi River. What's your favorite place to go that's not the lower? <laughs> Home. <laughs> no, uh, I, I I don't mind the St. Louis to uh, Cairo run. A lot of people don't like it. But that's, I guess, be my other. You know, I ran in Illinois and all that, and I don't care for them. They're, they're a small river. And like I said I, before earlier, I'm a hyper person. And. I want some excitement. I don't, the Ohio river, I run it. And it's just, to me, it's just a dead river. You know, just, it's too boring for me. I, I'm this person. I want excitement and I'd rather be sliding 40 barges around the bend and watching her slide than I would be sitting up or just moping around on a, and I ain't saying that the Ohio's not, but you know, nine times, nine months out of the year, it's a slight river, you know, don't have the current that the lower has. Where'd you end up meeting Beaver? Uh, I've known Beaver for years from our town here, but uh, when I got turned loose on the Beaver was on the uh, upper Ohio River, and he was wanting to learn the lower. So when he come down, I helped the captains and stuff train Beaver. And uh, he would come up and work with me on my watch, you know, and the captain would ride with him. But, like, if I was catching bridges or being Beaver would come up and watch me or I'd let him do it or whatever. But that's you know how we really got to be close friends you know was on the river there yes and then where along the way did roman fall into your life uh i worked for mid-south for 21 years i left and went to aep for seven years and then i ended up over uh ingram but roman started dating my daughter oh about 10 or 12 years ago and then when they all got out of school, him, my son, and a couple of their friends was at Mid-South. So they started working at Mid-South. So I knew the uh, guy. So they was dating my daughter. So I, the guy that hired them all, and I said, listen, make it where they can all be on and off the boats when I am. So I can keep an eye on them and my daughters. And that way, when we're home, we all could have a do our family stuff together. So that kind of started all with my son and Roman and a couple of their friends all started over at Mid-South, right before I left over, about probably a year or two before I left, they had started at Mid-South. So when I left, they all stayed with Mid-South and through the acquisition of Ingram buying them. And uh, then I went to AEP and then they sold out, of course, to ACBL. So when I seen that coming, I left and went to Ingram because it was more of the AEP setting for me, you know, the war they ran to and stuff like that. So I went over back over to Ingram well, I say back over, I went to Ingram. It was like going back home to Mid-South because they bought a lot of the Mid-South boats. And then that's when I went over there. That's when I rode uh, the boats with Roman. And he was a second mate over there on the Frank Johnson. And uh, I uh, 
went to that boat as a captain and uh, they asked if we was going to have any problems with me and him riding. My ops manager, Kenny Underhill, did. And I said, no, and he called Roman. Of course, Roman had been on that boat for, oh, five, six years. And they said, well, if y'all got a problem, they told Roman, well, we would move you. And Roman said, well, what I got to leave, you know, because, you know, I was coming over captain, but we've been together and he was my second mate. He moved up to my first mate. And then uh, they asked me about training someone there was a mate on the other crew and I said sure I will I said but under one option Roman is trying to get into the wheelhouse I said I will train this guy but if Roman gets in the wheelhouse I want to train Roman and uh get him turned loose and uh they said uh okay that a deal but they wasn't sure Roman get moved up so anyway sure enough I trained this Dustin Tart he's a pilot now but I trained him for about a year year and a half and then Roman got turned loose so Dustin liked a little bit finishing off, so they moved him to another boat and let me start training Roman. So I trained Roman for about a year and a half before he got turned loose, and then now he is my pilot. It's pretty wild. I don't usually hear uh, an entire career on one boat like Roman's story, but um, yeah, happy to hear it. Um, do you have any uh, any good stories to share? Any kind of old uh, old Rivermans type stories from from a thirty five year career? I know not really a old time stories is just that uh, you've noticed over years, you know, like with Mike Beaver Burkhart's, how close the family that you create out there with your towboat workers. I mean, used to everybody knew everybody and everybody was tight. And it's still like that to an extent with us. I say older. I feel like I'm getting to be an old head out there anymore, an older generation. But this new generation of people coming in, it's don't you don't feel as tight knit close as you did back then. I don't know what the the generation of what it is, but like with Mike Burkhard and like with Corey Lawrence and all them, I mean you felt like tightness with them or closeness because there was like a family, you know, you was with them as much as you are with your home family. And this new generation is just don't you don't have that feel with these kids, new generation coming out. I don't know if it's just that. They're there just for the job, but the other ones were there because they had to raise a family, you know, and make it was what it had to be done. And this new generation of people out here just because they're going to try it. You know, I don't know. I don't have no old stories or nothing. Just that I put 33, 34 years of my life out here. And it's my, I don't know that I could do another job. I said that to my wife here a while back, you know, that an eight to three or nine to five job, I don't know I could do it anymore at home. You know, this has just been my life. And, it's been a good life for me and my family. So I've got me, Roman is out there now, my son's out there, and my youngest daughter's boyfriend, he's also working for Ingram. So we got like a whole little family deal, and it makes me feel kind of good because I was one of the first of my family to go out there. And now I've got my two daughters, uh, my son-in-law, and then my future son-in-law, and my son's out there now. So I've kind of feel that I'm the first generation of us getting all this started on my family so that's the only kind of stories I know to about it I mean it's been a lot of ups and downs but everything's been great so far tell me a little bit about your kids okay uh my son uh he's the oldest of them and he uh when he was in high school I guess he'd seen that the river life has been good to me and he wanted to join the river also so the day of graduation they had a project graduation thing so me and him and 
his mom all went to project graduation with him, you know, and uh, I left at midnight that night and uh, went home and got some rest. And Captain Beaver relieved me so I could go home for project graduation for him. And uh, I went home at 12 and I picked them both back up at six o'clock in the morning. I took him straight to the river with me. He was uh, only 17 at the time. One that was running the uh, Mid-South at the time said that they would let him come try to work. And he could work, but he couldn't get paid right then at the time. But if he liked it, then they would hire him. So he graduated in May of that year, and his birthday was in August. So he went out there with us and worked for two or three months out there when I went on and went off. And like I said, the day he graduated, he went straight to the river, and he's been there since. And uh, it just started out like that it was a family thing with us. And he, uh, he's he been there. My oldest daughter, she... Uh, started dating Roman and of course he went out on the river when they all graduated all them boys they all went out on the river and I got them jobs out there and made sure that they was uh on and off the same times that I was you know I think it was four of us and or four of them boys and they all was within a day or two when I got off the boat so it really helped out when I got home you know work and stuff they always helped me do stuff around the house and if we all went on vacations and stuff you know we all together on all that but my son's at, uh, been on the river for 11 or 12 years. My daughter, she uh, is in the medical field, and I've got my youngest daughter. She is a school teacher. So that's just about what they do and what we've got going on here. I've been at the sticks with maybe a barge, maybe two, just puddling around a fleet. In, in the lower mist down there but between capital and uh well it was at um tiger fleet as a matter of fact but uh what's it like being behind 40 barges well for me it's it's a it's a rush for me because like i said i'm a i enjoy the rush of things and stuff and it's just i started out with 35 that's what i say cut my teeth on you know was 35 going down through the harbor of new orleans people fear all that but that's what I was taught and that's why I was trained. So it doesn't bother me down there with running with the ships. And, you know, of course, once you get below Baton Rouge, you got a lot of ship traffic, a lot more traffic, uh, tug service and stuff, you know, running in now these fleets, but it doesn't bother me. I get the, I love the thrill of the 40, you know, uh, it's just, it feels like a big accomplishment, something to do, you know, that it's not something that anybody can do. And if you've been around, you know, that this is an art form, you know, and, I feel proud that I've really take pride in what I do and trying to help people. And, uh, it's just, I don't know how to say it. It's just, it's a rush for me. I enjoy it. I love it. I do. It's just some people say, ah, oh, you know, I, but I do, I love it. I enjoy doing it. And the river's been my life for this long. And I don't know how else to put it. Somebody just plain and simple. Like I am, I enjoy doing it. I love it. It's, it's my way of life now. And my, hopefully my son and my son-in-law, they enjoy it and it's going to give them a good, you know, life for them. You know, like Roman, he went from making certain amount to tripling what he was making money on daily rates, you know. So him and my daughter's got a good life. And I'm hoping my son gets turned loose and it's, it's life changing the money that you make out there. You know, you never thought that be making the kind of money I've done without a college degree, but. I'm probably making three times as much as a lot of college people make right now, you know? For sure. What's the, yeah. what's the toughest part of that run? You said it's Metropolis to Devant? 
or where are you? No, it's now? right now. It's it's from Columbus because Ingram bought them out. You know, it was Metropolis, but now my main run is from Columbus, Kentucky, down to uh, Turn Service uh, Reserve there at mile one thirty six on the lower. You know, I still have the ship traffic through New Orleans, but that's probably the toughest part of it. Navigating the river anymore is not that bad. I mean, it just depends on how people's comfort level it is. And mine has kind of like gotten real well. It doesn't bother me. I feel like I'm really good at what I do. Uh, and not trying to brag on myself by no means, but I've really tried to learn the river and learn where you can be and where you don't need to be when the water's up and when it's down. You know, you have to learn that, hey, you know, I can run across that field there right now, you know, or run up through them tree lines because there's water there and I really pride myself in it's what they call a bar book out there that I have kept up with over the years. I've watched the river when it's low and I've watched it when it's high. A lot of people just run up down the river, but like I tried to install in Roman and in my son that it's more to this running up down the river. I said, you know, you look over there like right now, say uh, Vicksburg is say like 10 foot of river. You look over and there's water over there, but you see sand, but in between that sand, it might be, 300 feet of water well you know when the water gets up and that was say 10 foot and it's 20 foot now there's 10 more foot of water over there so you know you can run across there that's 20 foot of water things like that to notice when it's high and when it's low water in my opinion what makes a good pilot in an ex in to an extent because you're learning the river you're not just running up and down because oh i go here and i stay in the middle of the river the channel and anybody can do that. But in my opinion, learning the river is learning where you can run, when you can run, and making time and making good, safe miles, you know. Are you where you want to be till retirement? Yes, sir. I think I am. I mean, Ingram, as long as they hold up, this is where I want to stay at. And uh, like I said, they're really good to us. Uh, and like I was saying earlier, they was more like an AEP family-oriented place. And this place is really family-oriented. I've got, like I said, my son, my son-in-law, and maybe my other son-in-law, if my youngest daughter and they decide to get married. So my family's there. We all got a good rotation of we're off either Christmas or off Thanksgiving together. Summertime, we all do things together. We all plan vacations together. So right now, I'm pretty happy and content where I'm at as long as everything keeps going well and Ingram keeps going. That's where I plan on staying and retiring if it works out like that. And also, same boat, same run. That's what you want to do for the rest of it? Yes, sir. That would be fine. I'm on a good boat, and I've got a good crew on there. And, yes, that's, that'd be fine with me if they, as long as they kept it running. Same same river. I know some people are this, but it's never the same thing every time you go back. It's never the same. That's what I try to explain to people. You go back, oh, I got 40 barges. Well, the river's different. The barges are different. Everything's the same. You do the same job to an extent, but it's still enough to keep you going that it's something different every day, you know, it's weather conditions or this and that, you know, but I hope that's where I retire at. I would, I would really like to. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Captain Billy, I think that'll do it for my questions this morning. All right. Well, thank you. And I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.